the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'll be joined by Dr. Dan Merritt today to discuss the proper balance between God's love and justice from a biblical worldview. Stick around, and you can reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Support for the Plumline Radio Ministry is provided by Lori Hammer, functional nutritional therapy practitioner and neuronutrition expert. Lori specializes in brain balancing and hormone health. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, brain injury, or hormone disruption, Lori is the practitioner for you. She sees a wide variety of clients throughout the world, virtually or in person. You can find more information about Lori at LoriHammer.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E Hammer.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Dan Merritt. Dan is the Director of Missions with the Surrey Baptist Association in Western North Carolina. And we're going to be talking about this balance of our loving God and our God of justice. Sometimes that gets out of whack in Christian circles, and so we want to discuss God's love and His justice and wrath kind of from a balanced view, a biblical worldview, most importantly here on the Plumb Line today. And so thank you for joining me, Dr. Dan. Thank you, sir. Yeah, looking forward to our visit here today. I was trying to do a little bit of a hunt here to talk about God's love and look at it from that perspective of today. It seems like there's way too much heavy emphasis on the love of God, and I guess you can't emphasize his love too much, really, because it is infinite, it's eternal. But at the same time, when you don't balance it properly with the fact that God is just as well, 
um, you run into some problems with your theology and how you live out your life as well. And so I found a column, Divine Wrath and the Love of God, written by you a couple of years ago, and we're going to dive into that. I've got some other columns and articles that I'll pull into our discussion here. But before we do that, why don't I have you tell a little bit about yourself? I'm particularly curious because you told me you're from kind of the Mayberry area with uh, Andy Griffiths. So just tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yes, I've been director of missions here in Mount Airy, North Carolina. It's the hometown of Andy Griffith, where he was born. And I look after 61 churches where I am the pastor's pastor. I've been here for seven years. I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I've been in the ministry since I was 19, and I'm 71. So that's been a long time. Wow. The Lord has blessed me richly. I love teaching the Word of God, I hear in the association we have what is called Seminary Extension, which is sponsored by our Southern Baptist Convention Seminaries, and I've been doing that for almost 30 years. So I just love teaching God's Word and preaching God's Word. Mm. And people can find out more about you and some of your writings at uh, drdanmerritt.com, D-R-D-A-N-M-E-R-R-I-T-T.com, drdanmerritt.com. That's where I found this column, Reflections from Dr. Dan, looking at divine wrath and the love of God. That's my outline for our discussion today. If people want to flip to that website, you can kind of follow along that way. And uh, let's set the stage here, I guess, with the very fact, and I kind of already said this in the open, that I sense, and maybe you do too, that there's a really heavy emphasis on the love of God and a lack of emphasis on his justice and the fact of his divine wrath as well. Would that be a correct perception, you think? Uh, very much so. I think there is uh, overemphasis. While truly God is love, it must be balanced with his holiness. And I think today we have forgotten God's holiness. Holiness is repulsed at sin. And while God loves us, I believe that the Scripture teaches that His love is regulated by His holiness. And judgment is simply God's holiness in opposition to sin. God's love redeems in the midst of judgment to establish His holiness in the Garden of Eden. That's what the atmosphere was. It was an atmosphere of holiness. And then sin entered in, and God began to unfold a plan whereby his holiness could be restored to humanity. And that is done so in Jesus Christ, who not only filled the holiness of God in the life that he lived, uh, his death on the cross provided salvation for each of us, forgiveness of sin, but also it was demonstrated that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I think we see the balance of that at the cross and in the life of Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah, and I think that kind of answers my next question, which is one that is begging to be answered here, and that is, does God still love us when we sin? And the answer I think you gave pretty much there, but I wanted to have you flesh that out a little bit. Yes, he does. You can't keep God from loving you. He loves us eternally. Uh, even if a person rejects him, he still loves us. But yet there must be a answer to the question of sin, and that can only be done through God's holy wrath against sin. And again, in the midst of his wrath, he seeks to bring about redemption. And I think that's forgotten today. If we could ever see God in all of his holiness, we would understand that sin must be punished. It cannot be overlooked. It must be dealt with. And of course, Christ came to show us how to love, but the greatest way he did that was by living for us a life we could not live. That's life which God demands of us, which we can't do, 
But yet, in, in turn, he turned around and lived the life we couldn't live, and then went to the cross and died the death that we should have died. So, again, in the death of Christ is found both the holiness of God and the love of God at the same time. And therein is the gospel, the good news, that uh, God Amen. so loved Amen. us, yep, that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. In John 3.16, probably the most famous of all verses there, and there may be somebody flipping through the dial right now that just caught on this, uh, Dr. Dan, and so what do they do? They've just heard this message. Who knows? Maybe for the first time. That'd be hard to believe. It seems like the gospel message is out there, but you never know. Somebody maybe heard this for the first time here. What do they do to get right with God? Well, one must realize that they have uh, offended a holy God and that Jesus Christ came to pay the price that we could not pay within ourselves because human sin requires a real atonement. I like to say the word atonement means at one month. How can a man have at one month with God? Well, it is through Jesus Christ. And here's the good news that the people sometimes will say, well, the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. No, they're the same. Because the God of the Old Testament became a person in Jesus Christ. He took on our flesh. He came and dwelt among us. And Jesus Christ went to the cross that we might have a real atonement and at one month with God. And the, the wonderful good news is that God in Christ, that the Scripture teaches us that God not only provided the sacrifice, he was the sacrifice. And I can think of no greater love than that, than Jesus Christ gave himself, God in the flesh gave himself to show us his love, but yet at the same time, he dealt with sin on the cross. And when a person embraces that and realizes that, then they come to the glorious good news that Jesus Christ died for their sins. Amen. And if that describes you and the listening family right now as one in need of doing that or one who is maybe just uh, doing that right now as you heard the gospel proclaimed, that would be a wonderful thing for us to hear about. Uh, reach out to me via email, and I will definitely get connected with you and go over this gospel message more if need be, or I'll just rejoice with you in your coming to faith in Jesus Christ. That email is the Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Plum, again, is P-L-U-M-B. There's a B at the end of the word plum. Don't forget that. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Love to have you reach out to me for any reason. Well, I want to ask you this here, and it's kind of getting a little bit uh, different direction somewhat, but uh, I've heard the saying that we are to love the sinner but hate the sin, and I just wanted to know if your thoughts on that. Is that an accurate way to describe how we are to you know act toward others? Well, I believe that's true. I believe God loves us. And again, holiness is the reaction. Judgment is reaction of against sin. And uh, he loves us in spite of our sin. And in turn, as he fills us with his love in our own heart, we are to love the sinner, but we are to despise the sin. And we're to call sin what it is. We're not to cover it up. Uh, as Jesus told the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, uh, go and sin no more. He loved her. I love that text because of this. Jesus said to her, he said, woman, where are thine accusers? Now, the word woman there is the Greek word gune. And the word gune was often used to speak of a woman of notoriety, to speak of a woman who was high in society. Caesar Augustus used it to address Queen Cleopatra. 
So here is this dear woman who more than likely was a prostitute. Jesus addresses her as woman. He uses this term of dignity and notoriety to address her, uh, showing that his love for her. In other words, Jesus saw her not for what she was. He saw her for what she could be. And he says, go and sin no more. He loved her, but he asked her at the same time to give up her sin and live a new life. That's what Jesus does for us. I rejoice in the fact he sees us not for what we are, but for what we can be. So to give an answer to your question, yes, uh, he loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And that kind of what you're just sharing there leads right into the next thing that I wanted to ask about this before we go to the break. And it is in conjunction with what we're just sharing here. It comes logically, I guess, then if we do truly love the sinner and hate the sin, then we should be willing to address that sin in their lives. That is really how we show love to them by, you know, addressing their sin, not condemning them, but at least pointing it out to them so they have the opportunity to repent, right? That is correct. Uh, we put so much emphasis on, on love that we fail to realize that love transforms us. If we ever get a glimpse of the holiness of God, uh, I like what one theologian says, P.T. Forsyth. Uh, he calls it a God's holy love, that they're both interconnected. And once we see his holiness and we see his love, it transforms us to live a different life. And, of course, God is the one through the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin. And he didn't uh, save us to save us in our sin, but he came to save us from our sins that we might live a transformed life and a different life. And that comes when we embrace what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you for that. And we'll continue here with more discussion about this, a balanced view of God's justice, his holiness, and his love from a biblical worldview. On the plumb line today, my guest, Dr. Dan Merritt. And we will uh, continue our visit, so I hope you can stay with me. You can reach me anytime again at that email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stick around. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Dr. Dan Merritt, and he again is the Director of Missions of Surrey Baptist Association in Western North Carolina. We're discussing... Love, justice, wrath, holiness, all these 
attributes of God, and particularly an appropriate or proper balance of those in how we think about God. We don't want to put too much emphasis or weight on any of those. They're all equally valid for our God. And so that's our focus here today is to try to help uh, ourselves and those tuning in to get the proper balance in all of this. And I want to kind of start to work our way now through uh, portions of your column. By the way, that those tuning in, I'm referring to uh, the website drdanmerritt.com that you can check out for yourself. He's got an excellent column, Divine Wrath and the Love of God. And one of the first points you bring up is this, wrath as cause and effect of violating of God's holiness and moral order. So that's an explanation that you, and I want you to dig into that, an explanation of one of the reasons why God does express divine wrath, right? Well, C.H. Uh, Dodd is big in instrumenting this viewpoint, and he believed that the wrath of God was simply cause and effect that God has put into the world that if you violate certain principles, there is a consequence to it, and that's true in everything. There is a cause and effect. If you jump off the Empire State Building, gravity is going to pull you to the ground. Uh, If you go around a curve at 120 miles an hour, the centrifugal force is going to pull you into an oak tree. So it's cause and effect, and, and God has set into the universe certain moral principles of what's right and wrong. And Men can legislate wrong to be right, but they can't ever do away with the consequences of that because of the fact of cause and effect, that it's set in motion, and that if we go against God's moral principles, which he has built into the universe because of his holiness, God is a a holy, moral God. He is pure. He is holy. Uh, His uh, self-affirming purity, his moral purity. And if we go against that, consequences will come into our life, and if we do good, consequences will come into our life. That's simply uh, what we would call the inevitable process of cause and effect in a moral universe. Yeah, and one of the results, too, and I meant to do this right at the beginning here, but I'll bring it up now, if we have too heavy of an emphasis on God and his love, is we just tend to believe that God's going to just look the other way and ignore, just go ahead, live how you want to, do whatever you want, and God's still going to love you. And as you pointed out, God does still love us in our sin, but that does not mean that we should certainly ever go that direction. And Paul addressed this very fact. Too. You know, he questioned why. Why would we want to, even though we may be allowed to continue to live in sin? Why would we ever want to if we really love God and we have come to know him and want to live for him? Certainly we would not want to continue to live in sin. That's very true. Absolute love implies absolute purity because, again, God is holy. Uh, and therefore, if we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we want to live for him. We don't want to go and continue to do things in our own way or uh, live a self-destructive lifestyle that is diametrically opposed uh, to what God would have us to, to live. We don't want to live in contradiction to to him. We want to please him if he changes our heart and transforms our heart. And of course, if one ever sees both, again, the holiness of God and the love of God, his holy love, they will clearly, as the Bible says, use the word repent. They will change direction and follow him and seek to live a life pleasing unto him. 
Mm. Well, let me ask you this, and then I'll get back into the points that you bring up in the column here. But I'm just this happens to me a lot here, and these things pop into my head, and I <laughs> bring them up uh, kind of out of order here from what the column goes in. But what are other problems? I brought up one of them of of just kind of living however we want to if we see God as just being love, and you know we don't see His justice and His holiness. What are some other problems if we view God as love and forget about the other aspects of His character? I think we miss his divine purpose for our lives because, again, we become focused on, I'm going to live as I please. I'm not going to live a life that's pleasing to God and seek to follow him. And sin always will short-circuit our relationship with the Lord. And I think we'll miss his divine purpose that he has for us, and we will continue to go our own way and our own route. You know, as it says in the book of Judges, each man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's why they said they believed in God. They did what was right in their own eyes instead of seeking to do that which was right, which was the standard that God had them to follow. And I think as Christians, if we miss that, then we have truly missed a life of blessedness of being in God's will and discovering his purpose for our life and why he created us. Yeah, I would wholly concur with that, and I think that's why our society is so focused on God's love, because they want to continue to live in their sin and doing what they want to do and just say, God's going to love me anyway. And that's really a sad place to be, but that's kind of where we're at as a society, isn't it? Uh, very much so, and we have to remember that that God's plan is always much, much better than ours. Always. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's move back into the article here, Divine Wrath and the Love of God. And the second point brought up here is that wrath in the character and nature of God who actively opposes sin. In other words, uh, these are reasons, I guess, why God uh, expresses this divine wrath. It's because his very character and nature and his opposition to sin. Yes, I, I think God expresses his divine judgment and his divine justice because he does love us. Sin destroys. It always destroys. It always makes us less than what we should be. And it always blinds us to communion with God and keeping from revealing in our life God's purpose for us. So God seeks to bring justice upon sin that he might restore holiness for which he calls us to live. And at the same time, it allows us to see him for who he is, that he is a God worthy of our worship and worthy of our allegiance and worthy of our loyalty. So we can't really separate the two. If we do, we miss it altogether, what God would have us to be. So again, God's holiness is just simply, when he judges, it's just holiness reaction against sin. And he seeks to restore that grace and that love within our own heart by judging sin. Again, because sin destroys, therefore God seeks to do away with it. And he does that through the cross of Jesus Christ as he came to die for our sins. Mm, that famous John chapter 3 that I referenced right at the beginning of the broadcast in John 3.16 also says, a few verses later in verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. That's a really good verse for our discussion here. It helps to kind of bring things into focus, doesn't it? Uh, very much so, because God's wrath is active against evil because God is seeking to show that he is holy, that he's a, a God of moral virtue. And that's the difference between uh, the God of the Bible and the gods of the world. They seem to let people just do their own thing and do anything they want to, but God calls us out to live differently, that he is a moral God, that he is of purity, 
and he seeks that to be evidenced in our life as we embrace him as our Savior. Mm. Well, you brought up one of your favorite theologians already in the broadcast, and you've got some more quotes from him here in this section, this second point that we're bringing up. So I'm going to go ahead and let you share those, hoping that you have that open in front of you there. And and I just wanted to have you kind of share what P.T. Forsyth had to say about this here and and comment on it. Well, P.T. Forsyth was uh, born in 1848. He died in 1921. He's pretty much forgotten today. His name was Peter Taylor Forsyth. He was a Scottish theologian, and he began his early ministry as a liberal. He put great emphasis on the love of God, but yet he never writes about this, the experience that he had. He just simply says he had an encounter with the holiness of God, and it changed his life completely, and he called it God's holy love. And he said that the love of God is not more real than the wrath of God, that you need both, because Judgment is simply God showing his love and seeking to judge sin because, again, sin destroys. It does away with that which keeps us from being what God would have us to be and being in a right relationship with him. So precise emphasis totally is on a perfect life which Jesus Christ lived on our behalf, fulfilling the holiness which we cannot do in our own effort, and then going to the cross and receiving that which we should have received because we couldn't do that. And then he brings them together, that at the cross you see the holiness and love of God merge, and that as we embrace that, we embrace the Savior who died on the cross for us. That again, God not only offered the sacrifice, in Jesus Christ he was the sacrifice for our sins. Now anybody can say God doesn't love them, all they got to do is look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing here, and what a beautiful picture that gives us. The love of our Father uh, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to take our penalty upon Himself. The core of the gospel there, and uh, we've been really focused heavily on the gospel as we should be here in this show, and we're going to continue discussing this more on the next edition of The Plumb Line. I didn't even get all the way through point two here, so we've got quite a bit to talk about yet with my guest, Dr. Dan Merritt. I hope you can join me for the next edition of The Plumb Line, which is a listener-supported radio ministry. We'll talk about this balance of the love and justice and holiness of God from a biblical worldview on the next edition as well. My email address is theplumblineradio at gmail.com. If you appreciate what you're hearing on The Plumb Line and how we cover lots of different topics and issues from a biblical worldview, reach out to me at that email and I can explain to you how to share a gift with this ministry to support this listener-supported Christian radio ministry. Again, the email is theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plumb Line. The Plumb Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.